This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Ramadan Kareem to all, and I tell you what, this really has to be the original 30 day challenge to reconnect with who we are as human beings and to discover the extraordinary things that we are capable of. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Saleh Hafridi, Clinical Psychologist and Managing Director at Lighthouse Arabia. And we're going to be talking how to make the most of Ramadan, reconnect with who and what's important and create lasting change that is going to last well beyond the holy month. Plus, she shares her five tips on cultivating generosity and altruism. And guess what? It all begins with giving to ourselves first. All of that and more is coming up on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. It is Life Beats on Pulse 95, and we're definitely feeling it as the fast begins. And we are asked to be more than we thought we were capable of. To talk us through how we can make the most of the holy month, make the most of Ramadan, I'm so pleased to be welcoming into the studio Dr. Saleha Afridi. Welcome. Well, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's great to have you. Ramadan Kareem to you. And to you as well. Now, um, how's it been for you so far? Let's start there. So far, so good. I have to say, I'm quite impressed with myself. I was, or maybe I just had like really low expectations of myself. So now I'm kind of okay. But uh, yeah, I I wake up every morning at 3.30 and I'm in bed by 9.40 and so it's good. Wow. Wow. You've got your routine all sorted out. Yes. Um, you know, but this really is uh, the original 30-day challenge that we have in Ramadan. It's been going, you know, for more than 1,400 years now. Um, this is really a time that is kind of designed to show us two things. How weak we can be, but also that we are capable of being stronger than we ever thought possible, right? I would definitely agree with that. I think um, it shows us how fragile we are. I'm not going to use the word weak as because it is how strong and fragile and um, tempted we are. Yes, exactly. I mean, because um, the first thing is it, it, we do think of the food, but it's really all-encompassing, all right? So you've got the food, you've got your spirituality that you're thinking about as well, your physical self, your spiritual self. There's so many different things that are kind of all-encompassed in, in these 30 days. So, you know, let's kind of just start there in terms of um, changing ourselves and, and kind of reconnecting and rediscovering who we are through the holy month. Well, I think... When we think about this as the holy month, um, we should be thinking about using this as a time to develop some practices that we are going to use throughout the year. So while this is the holy month, it should be all 12 months that are holy in that aspect. I think it teaches you uh, a way to discipline yourself. There's something that happens when people are starved 
of food and water. Mm. You know, it's almost like a person that sort of walks around with you all the time. That's a reminder. I don't know how to explain that, but like a compass almost. Um, and, you know, when you want to think about food or when you want to think about water, you don't even try to think about it. But we actually think a lot about food and water without even being conscious of it. Oh, what am I going to eat next? When am I going to eat? How am I going to eat? Where's my water? All of those times are signals for you to say, now connect, connect, connect to something, connect to yourself, connect to your higher power, connect to your community, connect to your children. And that's how I see it, that this is a compass that is switched on completely when you starve the physical body of food and water. It's so true. I love that because it's it, it can eat, you can either look at it as this nagging thing where literally you are constantly, if you're hungry, like now I was just saying to you, I'm looking for the water. I was about to take a sip, but then I remembered, you know, and but actually all of these are reminders. Yeah. Those are moments to connect. Yes. Yes. Moments to connect. Exactly. And so um, I mean, that's kind of the first thing that happens when you're trying to change habits and you're trying to change behavior. It's that awareness. And that's where that is happening. Yes. Taking away the food brings about awareness. A lot of awareness. I think we, um, you know, it's it's hard and it's hot and we're thirsty and it builds a awareness, not just of ourselves. It makes us quite deliberate and intentional in the way we move through the day, in what we put into our body, as well as what we comes out of our mouth. You know, are we being kind? Are we being harsh? Are we being aggressive? So it makes us actually quite switched on. Fascinating when you do that to your physical body, how your spiritual body actually gets really turned on. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. We, we start, you know, noticing things that we didn't notice before as well, you know, within ourselves, within other people, within our surroundings, within our, in, in our environment. And it just, it's kind of this whole other level of alertness as yes. well, isn't yes. it? Well, for sure, fasting, even, you know, um, if I were to just speak physically, it actually is very good for the brain. It's very, very good for the brain's health when it comes to um, improving alertness, improving your mood. I know people are like, what is she talking about? It makes me really moody. I'm but angry. Actually, <laughs> but actually, it isn't the fasting. It's the detoxing that actually is resulting in that. So once you've done the detox, and I'm like a big fan of intermittent fasting, so I'm very used to eating one meal a day. Um, and I find myself to be a lot more alert a lot more engaged, uh, a lot more energy, a lot more clarity, because almost 70% of your body's energy goes into digesting food. Yeah. And so all of that energy now can be used to do something else. So I think, you know, fasting has a little bit of a bad rap when it comes to, oh, I get moody, I get aggressive, I get, that's just you withdrawing from something. And so it's a great time to ch break that habit that has you, you know, in, in uh, sort of in its grip with all this aggression and change it to something that is healthier. Because whether it's smoking, whether it's, um, you know, eating too much sugar, whether it's eating, uh, you know, too much fatty foods or whatever it is, fried foods, you know, all of those bad habits, we all have something. We all yeah. have something, right? Yes. And and this is the thing when you, um, when I've heard friends or, you know, people who have given up smoking or sugar or whatever it is, they go through the same thing. It's the detox, that yes. detox stage where you feel awful, you know, you might have headaches. 
because it's your body saying getting rid yes of that dependency yes and you will go through all kinds of physical withdrawals so you'll feel exhausted you might feel tired mm. you'll feel edgy emotional you know withdrawals you're moody you're aggressive you're snapping back at people but then once week one ends and 10 days you're into 10 days you really can start to see that you are in a rhythm now, you feel great, you can't even eat that much anymore, you break your fast and all of a sudden you're like, okay, what was the big deal about? I, want, I can't even eat that much anymore. So it really, if you can do this right, it can be life-changing if you make it not just about this month. It really can. We're going to uh, talk about how we reset not just our physical being, but also our spiritual and emotional being as well. More to come with Dr. Saleh Afridi next on Life Beats right here on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. We've got uh, Dr. Saleh Afridi with us here in the studio talking all things Ramadan, disconnecting and connecting. We've been talking, I mean, gosh, you know, intermittent fasting has just become the biggest. Uh, the latest health trend, really. Uh, everyone's doing it. Everyone knows about it. We've been doing it for for you know millennia really it didn't really start with islam and muslims it's just it's a spiritual thing yes that you do um but let's talk a little bit more about you know how we are in terms of emotionally why why is fasting so important for us emotionally and even mentally what does it do I think emotionally, we have to make some intention. Um, We have to think as we are clearing our physical body, we want to clear our emotional body as well. The emotional body holds a lot of our anger. It holds a lot of our sadness, a lot of our wounds, a lot of our memories. And so sitting with that, forgiving people, showing compassion to people, engaging you know, empathetically with your community. These are all things we can do to turn up the positive emotions and really focusing on releasing and letting go of the negative ones. Mm, Because, you know, I've just, as we've just been talking about, um, when you're fasting, it just heightens everything that you're feeling. So, you know, it's really just a perfect time to get get in touch. As uh, you mentioned before, that compass that's inside of us that, that knows you know, what's really important and and what's not, what we should be doing kind of for our own emotional and spiritual growth and what we shouldn't be as well. Yes. I think if we were talking about spiritual, we we do need to connect to our soul in that sense, or I would say our spirit. And that spirit is, you know, it is the one that is kind. It is the one that is generous. It is the one that is all all things good in us. But it actually is quite covered up with a lot of our emotional traumas and our emotional um, uh, negative feelings, I would say. So once you clear up the emotional bit and you then bring on a discipline, which is another thing that Ramadan teaches us, to really discipline yourself, to extend your willpower beyond its normal threshold. And... um, And then using that willpower and that discipline to manage your anger. When you do start to feel a little bit hot-headed, that's when you pull yourself back and you start to rewire the brain 
actually differently because you give me something that usually re- makes me respond in anger but if i hold that anger and i choose to do something different with it the wires those wires will fire together not the one of anger which is what we usually do unconsciously so this makes us actually quite conscious of our emotional body our spiritual body and obviously our physical body too but neurologically this is also very very good for us mm, absolutely it's um, i love how you talked about you know in in arabic we call it you know it's that fitra it's like the the center of the being of who we are um, that you're born with, which is so pure and so good and wants mm. to do good and wants to feel good. Um, and it's covered by trauma. It's also covered by ego as well, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the ego is born out of trauma. And I'm not going to go into a psychology <laughs> lesson here, but um, we usually are born that way. But after one experience that was negative or another or another, there's a this thing, I actually call it big brother, that sort of wakens inside of us. And that big brother has a big ego. And it's there actually to protect us. It's there when we are scared. Ego turns on when we are afraid of something, not when we're operating out of a place of love. It comes on when we're operating out of a place of fear. So, oh, so this big brother just needs to be silenced a little bit you know or managed a little bit we don't want the big brother to go away it is part of us mm. but it is born out of those negative traumatic experiences yeah and uh, I, i mean i guess you know in terms of when we're fasting it's all about awareness of others around us who have less than what we have and contributing you know it, it, it starts that in us as well but it's like you have to get to that place of vulnerability you know when you're fasting you feel so weak and then it just reminds you of who you are you're a human being you and we are all the same it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter if you're the president the prime minister whoever it is but you know we are all how we have the same body and the yes. same soul yes and sometimes we forget that we are human we live so much in our head these days that yeah. we forget that we have a body And that body needs to be nurtured. It needs to be thought about. It needs to be living with intention. And it needs to be connected to a community as well. And we forget about all of these things because we live up in our head and we are all about doing, doing, doing and accomplishing, you know, and goals. And we actually forget that this is, you know, yeah, it's important we do that. But really, if, if nothing matters if your physical and your mental and your emotional body are not aligned exactly it's time to stop time to stop and and just take care of that for a while but one of the biggest things i mean you know we talk here about uh ramadan being that time where we want to change behavior and you know it's really that like we're saying it's that chance to um to do a few different things to to change behavior and so uh, i guess that includes substituting you know those behaviors we talked about you know getting rid of the stuff the detox thing but substituting the good things that you want to bring back into your life, like you're saying, to nurture that mind, body and soul as well. Yes. You know, that's one thing I found myself doing yesterday, which I felt very proud of. Um, I was about to reach for the Diet Coke and I said, no, reach for the water because you will need this in order to really be functioning well in your workout class at 7 a.m. So I was so conscious of that but usually open the fridge grab the coke and chug it before it's you know before I think about it it's already finished and so it made me realize that wow you know what it actually is teaching me hey 
stop what you're doing and drink water. Stop what you're doing. And that's what I was doing. I was working and then I had to stop and drink water. So it made me very, very deliberate and intentional about the way I was treating my body because we abuse our bodies. And then when the time came, I could have worked till one in the morning. But when the time came, I shut down the laptop, closed down the book and went to bed. I had some tea so I could relax and move into sleep very quickly. So I was like, this is this is how I'm supposed to be living. I love it. I love it. Exactly. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about uh, a bit more about mindfulness. This is the perfect time to kind of put into play uh, mindfulness in our lives. If you've never done it before, this is probably the perfect time to start. Uh, how to be in the moment, how to reconnect, how to be silent. There is so much. Uh, but also, Sada has going to be sharing her five tips on uh, giving and being generous and it really starts with us as well lots more to come we are talking all things ramadan here on life beats on pulse 95 this is pulse 95 you're listening to the life beats podcast life beats life beats with sally musa only on pulse 95 it is life beats on pulse 95 and we are back with Dr. Sanaha Afridi. Dr. Sanaha, um, something that we mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier, is uh, all about intention. And this is really central to anything that we do, you know, whether it be fasting, prayer, whatever it is. But there's a big reason behind that, isn't it? For sure. I mean, research also shows that if you wake up and you make an intention for the day, uh, even if bad things happen to you, you end up... uh, reflecting on the day with positivity. So they did this research where, you know, two sets of people, um, they measured whether it was a good day or a bad day. And the ones who set the intention most often said that all days were good because they set an intention that the day was going to be good. It's a little bit like Murphy's Law. If you know, with, if you ha- if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you make an in- that everything just sort of goes into a wrong place. But if you wake up and you make the intention to have a good day or to have a disciplined day or to have a day with willpower, you most likely are going to be more conscious of that. Now, how does that translate over into everything that we do? I think if you make an intention, even as I make Make the intention to come sit here in front of you. Um, I have to say, why am I doing this? Am I doing this just so I can be on the radio, or just, um, or I can maybe share something that works for me that might be able to work for someone else? That intention will anchor the energy of that conversation. It will anchor the energy of what you eat. So people usually are inhaling their food; they're not chewing it, they're not connecting with it, and then we wonder why. You know, there's obesity in the world and diabetes and these kinds of things because they haven't slowed down to make an intention to bless the food, to connect with the food and, you know, have it nurture your body. And if you have that kind of relationship with food, you end up eating less and you end up feeling a lot better. So intention becomes very, very important. It sets the energy of that interaction um, with anything, anything. Yeah, which is why, you know, Ramadan is so big on intention as well. You actually, you are not allowed to fast without making the intention to fast yeah. the month of Ramadan. It's completely, you could just be completely starving yourself. You know, you're going through the, the motions of prayer or whatever it is, but if you don't make intention, it's all for nothing. Yeah, and I think the that that is a really great um, ask of us because most people 
are just ticking a box,、mm. I would say. Most people, and I'm sad to say this, but most people are not doing this with the intention of connection. Most people are not doing it in the spirit that it was meant to be. They're just saying, I don't eat, I don't drink, I don't do anything that pleasures the body, nicotine, et cetera, et cetera. And、um, I break my fast and I do my prayers. And that's it. But they're doing it from a headspace, not a heart space. And that intention is actually in the heart, it's not in the head. So, again, it anchors you, it anchors your energy in, in how you are going to engage with that. It's so beautiful and so, so important. It just changes everything. We, we,、uh, we did a show actually about、um, you know, conscious parenting in Ramadan and Ramadan. And how you do that with your kids. And, and Anissa, our speaker, was talking about how you know, that's how we establish rituals you know, in LS because rituals are actions. They can just be actions or you know, things that you do with your family, but it becomes a ritual and a tradition when there's intention behind it. And、yes. you know, it comes from the heart, like you say. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, it just transforms everything that we do. So, you know, kind of moving from there into mindfulness, this is very much one and the same thing that you do everything with mindfulness. Kind of, you know, tell us a little bit more why mindfulness is so important here. Well, I think many people are either allergic to that word. Or they're sick of hearing that word. True, so true. I'm not going to use that word. I'm actually going to say mindfulness is being acutely aware and experiencing the vividness of each moment. As John Kabat Zinn, I use some of his words, but that's what it is. So when you eat, you really feel the food, you taste the food, you smell the food. Your five senses are engaged as well as your heart is engaged with that. that Is mindfulness. And you can be mindful when you eat. You can be mindful when you're sad. You can be mindful when you're angry. You can be mindful when you're driving. Anything can be done mindfully, which is with an alertness and a concentration and a focus of that moment and not dispersing your energy to the past or to the present, which is what most people end up doing. And we either live in the past or we live in the future. And out of that space, nothing, you forget what happened in the moment. And I mean, think about it. It's already May. We're almost at the end of the school year. How fast did that go? And how fast is time moving? It's because we are on our phones, in our heads, and not engaged with that moment. Yeah, exactly. And、um, kind of, you know, taking all of that in, and it almost、uh, actually asks of you to just be silent. You know, in your mind, in, in everything that you do, you get more out of something when you're kind of, you sit quietly, you know, to take it all in, don't you? Yes. I think silent, I would also like to add the word still. There's a stillness that we are supposed to be practicing. And that's what we do when we sit down and we have a, you know, when, even when we're supposed to stand for prayer, there's a focus that is needed.、Uh, when we do dua, there is a focus that is needed because usually our mind is racing all over the place and the connection to the higher power is less. And so I think stillness actually allows. For that connection, because that connection is natural. It is not something that we have to make. The connection was already there and it was always there. It's just disrupted through all of our distractions and all of the chaos. And so, if we just quiet the noise and still the chaos, the connection immediately is、um, re established or re you know, experienced. 100%. And,、uh, 
Something that we need to remember is Ramadan is hard. It is hard. It's hard for a reason because we're just like we're generally too soft. Everything is at our disposal. You know, we don't have to think too hard. We don't have to work too hard to get our food, to do anything. It is hard for a reason. It's funny that the number of times that people who don't fast kind of ask you, oh, aren't you sad? You know, don't you feel awful that you have to fast? And I'm like, no, it's meant to be hard for a reason. Yeah. And yeah, I I would say that it is hard. because it requires us to regulate ourselves. So the hardest part is controlling our ego. The body, we adjust. Yeah. You know, the thirst adjusts, the hunger adjusts, we're okay. It's the ego that really is the hardest part. And that, you know, as our prophet has said, uh, it's you win that battle and you've won the greatest battle of all, basically, which is to have the battle with the nafs, with the ego. And that part is not so quiet in us we can manage the food we can manage the drink but that is not so easy exactly it is the ego and that sense of discomfort you know that where you're going through that discomfort but you know it's an incredible thing it is an amazing thing we're going to come back in just a moment uh, with dr saliha and uh, we are going to be talking her five tips for cultivating generosity and altruism in yourself and in your kids. More to come after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats. And uh, Dr. Saleh Afridi is with me. We are celebrating the holy month, but we're also talking about all of the different lessons that we can learn at this incredible time of year. And Dr. Saleh, what I really love is uh, you've got your five tips on um, cultivating generosity and altruism in this holy month. Let's start with the first one, which I, I would not have put at the top of the list, but you've got it there. Give forgiveness. Yes. So forgive is um, the number one thing. I think when you have cleared your energy of resentment and bitterness and anger, you just have a lot more to give to others. Um you think about yourself as holding a, you know, 100 units of energy every day. And you give so much energy to holding on to anger. You give maybe 60, 70, 80% of your energy because it takes a lot of energy to push down anger and to hold on to it, to anger and to resentment and to bitterness. And then you give so much of your energy to fear which is about what am I going to do in the future and what's going to happen and what are going to, what's going to happen with my kids and all that noise. So you end up you know, with like five units of energy to get through the day. And with that five units, you're supposed to connect and give and love and you know, achieve and accomplish. It's just not possible. So it's, it's really about, it's actually the most selfish thing that you can do is to forgive. And I don't like using that word, but it's, you know, it is. It's really about, I want to take my power back self-focused yes maybe is a a self-oriented um where you actually are caring for yourself in that way and and that's the funny thing you know we often hear people um, talking about how hard it is to forgive someone uh but actually holding on to all of that negative energy 
is way harder than just letting it all go because it's actually, it's for you, it's not for them. Yes. And people say that, well, I'm never going to forgive him. And why, what would you be giving up if you actually were going to forgive him? You'd be giving up your ego, ego's hold, because that person is sleeping just fine at night. And just because you forgive them doesn't mean you have to repair what happened. You don't even have to talk to that person ever again. You're not saying it's okay. You're not saying I accept what you did to me. You're just saying I choose to no longer give you power. And that's probably the most um, sort of vengeful thing I would say if you really wanted to get some revenge. It would be to just say, you know what, I give you no more power. Exactly. I take it all back. Exactly, exactly. Uh, love number two, give gratitude. Yes. I mean, that we just know even in the Islamic faith, we are supposed to say it 33 times, five times a day and not just saying, 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 but actually connecting. And imagine if you really thanked something, you know, thanked um, uh, you express gratitude for 33 things in the morning and then in the afternoon and and actually felt those 33 you would never be sad you would always be just grateful and so if we really just slow down and you might not want to say it 33 times five times a day just say it once five times a day and just see what happens in your life and how much more um, you experience and how much more actually comes into your life because you are paying gratitude or you're giving gratitude for the things you have. Mm, absolutely, 100%. And that's what Ramadan's all about, giving gratitude for everything that we have. And, um, you know, it, it is, of course, the month of the Quran as well. Uh, and, and the Quran just reminds us of the endless blessings and, and says to us, literally, you know, if you tried to count all the blessings that I've given you, you would never be able to count them all. Yeah, you would run out of ink. Yeah, yes. it's just incredible. Um, number three, give of your attention. Yes, I think, I mean, I put this one for myself <laughs> because I, you know, I love what I do. I love reading. I love working. I really love it. Um, and it really distracts me from my kids. And I just want to give them my attention and give them my 100% focused attention where even if we're watching TV, we're watching it together, not we're sitting together, I'm on my phone and they're watching TV. I really just want to give them my attention. So I think turning off your notifications on your phone or if you really want to be brave, turning off your phone <laughs> altogether and really just being in the moment. You go for iftar, be with those people. If you go for suhoor, be with those people. If you're with your family, be with them. Give of your full undivided attention. 100%. I know that you say that that's you, but that's all of us, quite yeah. frankly. All of us, we need to be doing that. That's really number one on my list. Uh, give time of yourself. Give time to yourself, in yes. fact, first of all. So give time to yourself. I put that on there because... Um, you know, it's important that we put the oxygen mask on ourselves first. We need to make sure that we are full and healthy um, in all sorts of ways uh, before we can go off and try to give anything to anyone else. And, you know, self-love and self-care and all of these things are taught and, and talked about, but people really don't know what that means. And self-love is not selfishness. Self-love is saying, I'm going to take 15 minutes to myself and I'm going to meditate or I'm going to um, go buy myself flowers because I want them and they make me feel happy. It's really just saying 
I am important to me and I'm going to treat myself as I would my bestest friend. How would you do that? Um, and that you might try to do some things differently then. You would really care for yourself. So it should be self like care, not care, but really deep care for yourself. Mm, 100%. Okay, number five is giving to a community cause. Yes, I think we didn't say too much about this because that's just what we experience a lot of in the UAE. And I think we need to um, be a lot more connected to our community. And this is something I wish did get carried over through the rest of the year. I think we go all out in the UAE when it comes to Ramadan and then it's quiet yeah. after that. And so when you are connecting to the community, stay connected to the community and keep giving, even if you don't give as much, but keep giving. And, you know, even in our religion, it says small amounts, but consistently is far better than one big amount very, you know, infrequently. So we need to think about how do we incorporate just caring for our community. We have lots of people here that are in need, uh, that are hurting, uh, and there's lots of ways we can care for them. And that might be that you volunteer your time. You don't have to give money, but you just give of your time to some of these organizations that do accept volunteers. Mm, give of your time, give food in Ramadan. There mm. are food banks in the country. There are Ramadan sharing fridges. There's all kinds of ways. There, there are people who, you know, volunteer their time. We have the Green Chef actually uh, speaking about this uh, just at the beginning of the week who will stand at traffic lights, you know, at the, the time of iftar just to hand out, you know, make sure that they can hand out uh, dates, water to people so that they're not anxious about getting home in time to eat and, and that kind of thing. There's so many different ways. and, and um, I, I love I, that. Yeah. We should have that at like five o'clock every day. <laughs> you know, someone standing there giving us something that would make our day, wouldn't right? it? Right. Like our we rose, should find a way. Anything. Like we should just do these things all yes. the time because they make us feel good. When we give to others, we feel a lot more benefit than if we are giving to ourselves. So just find a way to give because it actually is really good for your mental health. Yes, 100%. I love it so much. Do anything and not just in Ramadan. The whole yes. point of this yes. is it's meant to carry through the whole year. Yes. And on that note, you know, uh, uh, I love the hadith. One of my favorite hadith is, you know, charity is even, you know, within a smile as yes. well. So uh, Dr. Saleh Afridi, Managing Director of Lighthouse Arabia, what a joy to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. And to talk through all of this with us, Ramadan Karim. And uh, there's so much that we can take away from that today. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.